Welcome back to Aliyah Yomi. Today we're going to be learning Parshas Vayigash Rishon, the first Aliyah in Parshas Vayigash. Our Parsha of Vayigash is 106 per psukim in total, but our first Aliyah is 13 psukim running from Perak Memdalad Pasuk Yurches to Pasuk Lamed. Um, the topic of our Aliyah is confrontation. It is Yehuda coming forward in front of Yosef to make his case for the sake of his brother Binyamin. Let's hear a basic summary. Let's take a look at the, the ideas and then we'll look, question some of those ideas together. So Yehuda Vayigash Elov Yehuda, the Yehuda approaches Yosef and he says, Be Adonai, please my master, let me just speak in front of you, uh, in front of you because don't get angry. I'm, I know that you're like Pharaoh. Um, you, let, let me recount what happens. And Yehuda goes step by step to explain what had happened, just to recap, uh, recapture all the details. He says, you asked, you, you, do you have a father? Do you have a brother? And we said, yes, we have an elderly father. We have a younger brother. His brother's dead. And our father is, remains only with this one child um, who he loves dearly. And you said, bring him down to, to me. And, we, and uh, we said, we can't take him. Because if he's left, if his father's left alone, he'll be very, he'll be, he, he will die through the of sorrow. And you said, if you don't come down with him, you're not going to see me again. And that's what happened. My father asked us to get more bread. We said we can't get more bread without him. We brought him down. I took personal responsibility for him, spiritual responsibility, and. Um, and he was very distraught about this. He says, I, I, I've lost Yosef. If the other one's going to go, then you're, you're, I'll be brought down into, in suffering to the grave. And now I'm, there's no brother. You're telling us you're going to put him into slavery. Their souls are connected. There's no way I can go back without this, this, this brother. So a few basic points to ponder. Number one, which I think is fascinating, is why it is the parish starts here in the first place. It's very rare to find that the Torah has a cliffhanger. Usually a parasha finishes a parasha, meaning to say uh, the, the concept, the idea, the, the saga has finished and the parasha finishes as well. Parasha is usually a time where we stop, we think, we reflect, we understand, we absorb. But over here, it doesn't make sense. We're in the middle of the story. Yehuda is now uh, in the middle of a conversation with Yosef. They're in the middle of this very painful drama about negotiating the future of Binyamin, which will have the ramifications on the rest of the family. How could the, the parasha start here? Why was this the place the parasha was divided? And we, as we know, many of the, par- the parishes are named after the first word or one of the fir- first words in the parasha. Why was it they chose to put the, this, this word or this idea first in the parasha? And perhaps I think that it is because this is a parasha which is all about Vayigash. It is all about coming close again. Parashas Miketz was a parasha of separation, Vayeshev, parasha of attrition. Now we have not separation, but we have coming close again. And it's going to be the reuniting. First, this is the uniting of Yehuda and Yosef in fight, but there's going to be the reuniting of Yosef and the brothers, the reuniting of Yosef and Yamin, the reuniting of Yaakov and Yosef. There's going to be a lot of reunitings that are occurring in this parasha, and to emphasize that point, the parasha starts with the confrontation, the word Vayigash. This is going to be the theme of the parasha, which is perhaps why it starts here. Another question is, is the tone of this conversation threatening or pleading? Now, on the one hand, you may see it as pleading. Be Adoni, please, my master. However, Rashi points out that there is also an aggressive tone, an undertone to it. When he says, he says the reason why he has to plead is because he's about to say things which are very unpleasant. In fact, Rashi says that there are threats which are veiled over here as well. So, for instance, he, although he's saying, you're like Pharaoh and I respect you and you're like a king, also embedded in that is also a more dark side, which is you're going to be hurt like your Pharaoh will be hurt by, uh, uh, by, by my God, like 
your ancestor was hurt by the god of Sarah when she he kidnapped her. Also, you, you're just like Pharaoh. You, you make promises and you don't come true on them. Similarly, you are like him as well. And if you're going to, Rashi gives another observation. If you're going to um, deny me this, I'm going to have to kill you like I would kill you and your master. Meaning to say Yehuda is on the one hand on the outer side seems to be giving a message of pleading. But deep down there is a threatening message here as well. Now, um, why is it that the other brothers do not join in the fight back against the viceroy? Why is it that it's only Yehuda and um, who's negotiating with Yosef right now? So Rashi explains he, he, that, that Yehuda explains this because he took personal responsibility over the return of Binyamin, which is why he feels it more his responsibility. Rav Soloveitchik says that perhaps the brothers knew that there was a grand debate afoot, which was the debate of the Yehuda versus the Yosef. Now, they didn't know it was Yosef yet, but they understood that Yehuda was the leader over here. To me, it would seem that the brothers seem to fall into three camps of peoples. They are, um, they are leaders, um, in, uh, instigators and victims over here. If you go back to the sale of Yosef, there was Yosef was the victim, and then you had the instigators, um, which were Shimon and Levi. You had those who hesitated, like Reuven and Yehuda, and most of them were really followers. Most of them just followed what the general consensus of the leadership was over here. Here you have a situation, again, another crisis is emerging, and you have Yehuda emerging as the leader, and the other brothers as hesitators. They're not, they're not taking either side. They don't want to put themselves in here. They don't want to make themselves daring too greatly. And that being the case, Yehuda's leadership emerges even more magnificently. Whereas before he was concerned about what the hesitators or the instigators would say, here he is doing what he needs to, independent of what the others do or do not do, which is the hallmark of a true leader. Interesting now, there's one of the questions that, Yosef, that, that Yehuda recounts Yosef asking is, Hayesh lachem of oyach, do you have a father or a brother? Rav Soloveitchik recounts that when he was a little boy, when he was uh, in Cheder, in a in, in little town in White Russia, he remembers that the, the Rebbe at the time, his Rebbe was a uh, Chabad, uh, Chabadnik who was uh, busy teaching them. And uh, it was a dark, a dark day, you know, the, the days finished really early because it was the, entering the winter. The kids were, not, were not, not necessarily very excited about the learning. They were just translating in Yiddish. And, and as they reached this Pasuk, Rav Soloveitchik was the one who read this pasuk, the Rebbe jumped up and said, he says, what a strange question. Why would anybody ask, do you have a father? Everybody has a father. He says, you, you, so what, what does it mean? He should say, is he dead or alive? That's a good question. But everybody has a father. So, there, so he says that he, he describes it in very, very beautiful, beautiful words. He says that really what happens is, is that Yosef was being asked the following question. Yosef, are you connected to your father? Do you see him as the, your roots, as the place where you came from your, from your existence? Or are you just like a rootless shepherd wandering from place to place, pasture, pasture, forgetting their origin? That's what he was asking, is do you know where you come from? Do you know where your heritage is? That's what Yosef was really asking the brothers at this point in time. And he turned actually to, to, to one of the boys in the class who was a very, very fine, erudite young, young boy who really was a, um, a genius. And he said to him, he said to him, and what do you think about your father? This boy's father happened to be a blacksmith. He says, do you think that you are better than him? Or do you realize that yesh lecha av, 
that you have a father, you have a place where your tradition comes from. And Rasul Vecic extended that and he says he'd always stayed with him that message in that dark room in his cheder when he was just a young, a young boy. And he said, the same question we have to ask ourselves here in America, in whichever diaspora it is that we find ourselves in, where it is where we have a very comfortable existence in many ways. We have to ask ourselves, yesh lachem of, do you have a tradition? Do you have a heritage? Do you remember what it was your parents, grandparents, great-grandparents suffered and sacrificed for in order for us to be here? Do you know what you're connected to? Are you still telling that story? Yesh lachem of is the question which is asked of every person. Hopefully we have the opportunity of answering in the affirmative. With this, we close the first Aliyah of Parshas Vayigash. And may you have a wonderful and meaningful day.